Well, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. Hopefully that didn't ring any bells with anybody, that little film clip. And uh, today I want to talk about how to be thankful when times are tough. When the economy's in the tank. You know, when things aren't really going your way. You know, how can you do that? How can you be thankful when you feel like you really don't have much to be thankful for? You know, and times are tough right now. I mean, all you really have to do is look at a few headlines, you know. For a lot of people, things aren't going the way they think they should. And a lot of times we do feel that we really don't have anything to be thankful for. Well, well what makes us feel that way? You know, the, that, that feeling of thankfulness is replaced by fear and anxiety. And we, we tend to have a really bad perspective on those things. You know, there's this Holmes stress scale that cites the 100 most stressful events of a lifetime. And it says annually the most stressful time of the year is right now between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Ah, we worry about the parties and obligations we have. We worry about having enough money for presents. We worry about our finances. Some of us worry about the relatives we're obligated to go see. You know, our stress level goes up significantly. But Philippians 4.4 says this, may you always be joyful in your life in the Lord. Well, isn't that great? May you always be joyful and the world is falling around, but be joyful. But the world's falling down, but be joyful. Doesn't always work, does it? Is it possible? Is it possible to just be joyful no matter what your circumstances are, to be thankful Grateful? Yes. Let me say today, yes, it is, no matter what. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Let's take a look at this. This is our scripture today. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say in verse 8, In verse 8, finally, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about such things. And the God of peace will be with you. Well, that that scripture that we're going to look at today, it gives us four clues on how to be thankful in tough times. And these, these principles, they're easy to say, but they're hard to implement. I'll give them to you. Keep it in perspective. Keep praying. Keep it real. And keep your intake pure. Let's take, a that, let's take a look at that first one. Keep it in perspective. In our scripture today, verse 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. Well, isn't that special? That's like telling a drug addict to just say no. Let's just, don't be anxious. Oh, why didn't I think of that? Don't be anxious. Thank you very much. It's easier said than done. The Smithsonian Institute magazine says, right now, we are in the golden age of anxiety. We're we're uptight about everything. And it's not just our own personal worries in our lives. You know, we've got 
the whole world to be worried about now. We've got cable TV and the Internet. You know, if somebody stubs their toe in Europe, we hear about it on CNN and Fox News. So we've got the whole world to worry about. It's no wonder we're all uptight and anxious. Think about how you get up and go to work in the morning. What wakes you up? An alarm clock. Ah, alarm, an alarm clock. It's not a comfort clock, is it? It's an alarm clock. Ah, alarm. Then you turn on the TV, watch Bad Morning America. You grab your cup of coffee, get something to eat, and read the newspaper. Well, there's an oasis of hope, isn't it? Okay, so you get in your car, and what do we do? Turn on talk radio. Oh, boy, more good news coming our way, isn't it? Well, it's no wonder we're all stressed out, you know? All this bad news coming our way. The National Science Foundation did a study on worry. And I want to tell you about it. I want to give you a little something here to to hang on to. They did this study on worry and found out that 40% of what you worry about will never happen, ever. And 30% of what you're worried about is in the past. So 70% of what you're looking at is either something that's not going to happen in the future or something that happened in the past that you can't control. 70%. See, take 70% of your worries off the table. 12% needless health concerns. 10% are really insignificant petty issues. So where does that leave our worries? 8% of our worries are legitimate. 8%. And we all know worrying doesn't change anything. You can worry yourself to death, but it doesn't change anything. Some call it stewing without doing, you know. And worry is a learned response. And the good news about that is it can be unlearned. It can't. Well, how do you unlearn it? Well, take a look at Matthew 6.34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Well, what was Jesus saying here? He says, don't open the umbrella until it starts raining or snowing like today. Today is, by the way, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. So don't do that. Every day has enough trouble of its own. You know, the key to being thankful is to really live your day one day at a time. Don't open an umbrella yet. It's not raining. It's still today. It's not tomorrow yet. Keep your perspective on today, on today's issues and today's problems. You know, when Paul wrote this, he was in prison and he was writing other people telling them not to be worried. See, he was in Roman dudgeon saying, hey, don't worry about anything. Everything's good. But I do need to tell you, when when God gives you a don't, like don't worry, he also has a do. He wants to replace it with something. And here it is, number two, second point, keep praying. You know, our verse said, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Keep praying in everything. A lot of us think, well, I really don't have time to pray. 
Well, if you use the time you use for worry and for praying, you might have less worrying. If we prayed as much as we worried, we'd have a whole lot less to pray about. And it says, in everything, in everything. You look that up in the Greek, and it means everything. See, people sometimes think God only cares about the religious stuff. You know, well, I didn't talk to anybody about Christ this week. Or, wow, I didn't greet that new visitor at church this morning. Oh, shoot, could have shook their hand. Didn't invite anybody to church this week. Oh, gosh, my tithing isn't up. Well, does God care about those things? Well, yeah, but God cares about every little thing, every little thing. Does God care about your car payments? Yeah, he does, you know? Does God care about the hairs on your head? Yes, post-nasal drip, sure. Everything, every little thing. The Phillips translation says, when you pray, tell God every detail of your life. Every detail, big and small. God's concerned about all of it, absolutely all of it. He knows every detail of your life. See, the God who made every snowflake from this morning different, every snowflake is different, all of them. The God who made every fingerprint different, he can handle all the details in your life too. He's a big God. He has no problem with your details, none whatsoever. See, nothing is insignificant to God. You can pray about anything. You know, the scripture says, pray with petition. Well, what does that mean? It means be specific, be detailed, be direct. Pray about all of it. Don't be vague. Pray about every little detail. Sometimes we get kind of vague and say, oh, God bless me. Well, sometimes a problem can be a blessing. Be a little bit more specific. Pray with God. Talk to him. Tell him your problems, the details. Use uh, petition. Pray about every little detail. First Peter says this, unload all your worries on him since he is looking after you. Wow. He's looking after you. Release and unload all your worries. You know, it's like a release valve. You come here and you unload. You lay it down. I will say what the Greek means in that unload. It means literally just let it drop. And it's talking about something that is actually too heavy for you to lift. Something too heavy for you to carry. And you just, just let it drop. Dump them on God. Unload them through prayer. Every detail of your life. He's looking after you. I love that. God's looking after you. He's on your side. God's on, if you haven't heard that recently, God's not mad at you. God's on your side. He's looking after you. In my own life, I had to come to a point where I had to ask myself the question, do I believe God can handle this? Do I really believe that? Do I really believe in God? 
do I believe he's big enough to handle my problems? Life insurance companies do these studies to figure out how much to charge you. And they figured out that people who attend church on Sunday, they live almost six years longer than everybody else. And one of the reasons, I think, is because you can come here and you can dump. You can dump your stuff off on God. You get to decompress. That's why we're here. Dump it. Let it go. Just let it drop. You see, if you don't talk it out with God, you're going to take it out on yourself. It's going to lead to all kinds of other problems. You see, if you swallow your worries, your stomach's going to keep score. It's going to cause you ulcers, upset stomachs, all kinds of other problems. You've got to let it go. Unload it. James says this, you don't have because you don't ask God. You see, ask God to help you with your worries and your problems. He loves all those details. There's no problem too big that you can't pray about it. You know, Paul says, if you want to really be grateful in your life and to be thankful, you got to keep perspective. You got to keep praying. And third, you got to keep it real. I want to take a minute on this. The scripture says, in everything, by prayer prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's a really important word to interpret the scripture. You know, I want to to spend a minute here because that's that little word in, in everything with thanksgiving. It doesn't say to give thanks for everything. It says give thanks in everything. While you're going through it, I know a lot of times you hear these preachers on TV that says if something bad happens to you, thank God for it. Come on. The Bible doesn't teach that. It doesn't. And I know we've heard it before, but the Bible doesn't teach that. It says, give thanks in everything, in every circumstance. While you're in that circumstance, you can still have a grateful heart. I mean, do you give thanks for a flat tire, for a car wreck? Come on, that's a little loony. Let me give you another scripture. That's a companion to this one. It's in First Thessalonians. Give thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, you don't have to give thanks, say, for evil in your life. You know, if something happened to my daughter, would I be thankful for that? No. If someone I love got cancer, would I be thankful for the cancer? No. That's not what the scripture is talking about. When there's a war, am I thankful for the war? No. The Bible doesn't say be thankful for evil. It says in every circumstance, give thanks. What's the difference? Well, the difference is pretty big. There is a large difference between giving thanks in your circumstances and giving thanks for 
your circumstances. So what's the difference? No matter how bad things get, you can give thanks to God for a few reasons. Number one, he has a purpose bigger than your problem. Number two, he'll give you the power to overcome this problem. And number three, you can grow from this if you will allow God to work in your life. Three good reasons. The scripture also says this is God's will. So let's be in his will. And so we're left with the question, how can we be thankful in the tough times? How can we do that? I know people lost their jobs, health problems. Maybe they lost a husband or a wife. How can be how can we be thankful, you know, in the times that are tough, particularly in the economic stuff? Well, you don't look at what you've lost. You look at what you have left. You know, I know it's a cliche, but we need to count our blessings. And I actually, I actually did it. I made a little list. And I, I didn't get very far before I got sidetracked, but let me share with you what I got. I, I, I'm thankful for my family. Oh, man. I am thankful I have a family. I'm part of a wonderful family. I give thanks that I know Christ. You know, heaven is forever. So is hell. I give thanks for eternity. I'm thankful for my health. Relatively healthy. Could lose a few pounds. But I'm relatively healthy. And friends, you know, I give thanks for food and shelter and clothing. I know we don't often think about that, food and shelter and clothing. This is where I got sidetracked a little bit. The U.S. per capita income is 360% higher than the world's average. 360%. 56% of the world's population lives on $2 a day. Two bucks. The Heritage Foundation did a study on what the typical poor in America, what their lives are like. And it was really revealing. In America, rather than living on two bucks a day, and they're not considered poor, by the way, the third world, the typical American poor person has a car, air conditioning, a refrigerator, a stove, washer and dryer, microwave, and two colored televisions. Cable or satellite TV reception, VCR, DVD, a stereo. They're able to get medical care. Their home is in good repair and not overcrowded, and half of them own the home. Their family's not hungry, and they had sufficient funds in the past year to meet their family's essential needs. You see, the third world poor are dying to be in our shoes, literally. We have so much to be thankful for takes good perspective. There's good news. Good news version of this, Scripture says, we should always be thanking him with a thankful heart. You see, good news is that the healthiest emotion is not love. Really, it's gratefulness. You know, studies have shown that people with grateful hearts, with gratitude, 
It increases their immunity to diseases and other problems. They're more resistant to stress and they're less susceptible to illness. Gratitude, thankfulness, is the healthiest emotion. Hmm. See, grateful people are generally happy. See, ungrateful people are miserable because it's never enough. The question is, what are you taking for granted? What's going on in your own life? Are you taking your health for granted? Your freedom? Your relationships? You see, here at Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude. We keep it in perspective. We keep praying. We keep it real. Don't give thanks for things that you shouldn't be. Keep it real. And finally, keep your intake pure. And this is probably the most important. Let's take a look, go back to our scriptures. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, if you want to have a thankful heart, you've got to guard the intake. You gotta, what you're putting in your mind, you've got to be careful about that. What you put in your brain will come out in your life. You've heard that expression, garbage in, garbage out. Well, it happens to be true. Whatever we feed our mind and think about, it comes out in our lives. The way you think influences the way you feel. The way you feel influences the way you act. You want to change your life? Change what you're thinking about. You know, what, t- what, what do you spend more time reading, the newspaper or the Bible? The Bible will change you. What about movies and TV? Hmm. It says think about what's true and noble and right and lovely and admirable. Does that describe the typical movie we watch? Nice of me to say because I just showed you a movie clip. But let me tell you a little bit something about that movie. This is a little sidetrack here. That movie is called The Ultimate Gift and it's produced by Fox Faith. They have a whole, Fox has a whole thing in regard to uh, Christian movies. The Ultimate Gift, I, oh, rent it. Just, just rent it. Great movie, watch it with the whole family. That's the kind of stuff you want to be putting, in, putting into your brain. See, we need to choose the right things to put into our mind, to think about those things. We need to focus on the positive, focus on God's word. Well, why? Because, see, ungratefulness, the root of that, it's fear. See, it's all rooted in fear and that ungratefulness of how you think. See, you could put two people in the same circumstances and you get two totally different results. One will fall apart and the other will handle it. Right after 9-11, people talked to President Bush. And they said, how you doing? He says, you know what? I'm doing great. I've got so many people praying for me. And I'm on my knees too. I can't explain it. But I'm doing great. You see, your problem is not the circumstance you're in. The problem is how you react to it. It's your response. Your problem is not the problem. 
You follow that? The problem is how you choose to respond to the problem. Proverbs 23.7 says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Well, what do you think about the most? What's on your mind constantly? What dominates your mind? You see, what you think about most is what you're becoming. You know, if you want to be like Christ, think about him. Study on him. Fill your mind with the Bible. And what will be the result of doing these things? If you keep it in perspective, keep on praying, keep it real and keep your intake pure. Well, Philippians 4, 7. This is from the Living Bible. If you do this, everything we just talked about, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Man, that's a pretty good guarantee. Getting peace of mind guaranteed like that is a pretty good thing. You know, it's amazing what people will try just to get a little bit of peace in their lives. You know, crystals and therapy and books and seminars and yoga and transcendental meditation. You know, oh, but not Christ, no. Hmm. People run from one thing to the next trying to find peace of mind. The Bible says God's peace is a gift. You can't duplicate it. You can't fabricate it. It's a gift. How do I get that peace of mind? How do we do that? How do we get that peace of mind that keeps us calm in the midst of a crisis, that keeps us thankful during tough times, gives us strength in the storm? Well, the key is the last phrase of that verse right there. As you trust in Christ Jesus, you see it's a, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with Christ. You know, if you haven't done that, I want to encourage you to do that today. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, just a short prayer. Jesus, come into my life. Help me to deal with these problems. I'll give you my heart and my problems come with it and I'll unload them on you. You see, his peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet. You see, keep... Keep your thoughts. It's, in the original language, it's a military term. You see, Paul was writing to people in Philippi, which is a Roman city that had Roman guards that kept everybody out who wasn't supposed to be there. And there were sentries and troops and everything. That was, they were protected by the Roman legion. And what Paul was writing here is that when I trust in Christ, he puts that kind of guard on my mind. Keeps me at peace through all these circumstances. So, what's your worry? Is it health, finances, relationship, kids, marriage, career? What's going on? See, we can be thankful in the midst of all that as we, as we pray about it. But we can still be thankful to God in the midst of all our circumstances. And you know, you already were today. You already were thankful today in the midst of all the problems that you've got going on. You ever wonder why you feel good when church is over? You know, so I know 
It's true for all of us. It's true to me too, but not when Damon's preaching, but anyway, he's here today. Um, sometimes we have to drag ourselves to church. You ever have to do, you ever have to do that? No, just me. Okay. And then, you, then you're so glad you came because you feel so much better at the end of service. You ever wonder why? Why that is? See, the first thing we do when we get here is we give thanks to God in our worship. Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's how we're supposed to come into church. And that's what we do every Sunday. And and if you plug into that, if you plug into that, if you really sing to God, those lyrics, if the lyrics are becoming real in your heart, you're actually being thankful in tough times. Let me read you some lyrics that we already sang this morning. A lot of you know this song, Blessed Be Your Name, but I want to read you the lyrics. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. And blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain, though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still, I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and you take away. But my heart will choose to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. No wonder people raise their hands when they do that. Do you believe that? Can you give thanks during tough times? No matter what is going on around you, Lord, I will give thanks to you. You can. I'm going to ask the band to come back out. And they're going to set up just a minute because I want them to, I want them to minister to you with another song and that's how I wanted to end our message today. But if we can do those four things in our lives. Keep it in perspective. Come on, keep it in perspective. We're blessed being here. I remember I was going through a really tough time. I said one of the things I'm thankful for is friends. Cindy Talkington is my friend. I was going through a rough time and she said, what's the worst that could happen? Go get a job at Quick Trip and move into my basement. And that changed it for me. You know, she's right. Nobody's sick. Nobody's dying. She was right. Keep it in perspective. Number two, keep praying. Pray, pray, pray. Put your stuff before God. Unload it on him. He's here for you. He's on your side. He's looking after you. Keep it real. 
Keep it real. Give thanks in the circumstances, not for them. And finally, keep your intake pure. And we can maintain that attitude of gratitude.